us, is this the lunch loop? If so, um, we wish to cancel. Um, we do not wish to belong to that or to pay this anymore. Thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to the Lundloop Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the intersection of life, trading, and markets, and more and more just the life part of that. It's a three-day weekend. I'm sure you don't want to sit here and listen to me, so we're going to do something different this week. Enjoy. Confessions of a preteen pyromaniac. Baby, you're a firework. Come on, let your colors burst. Katy Perry. You're going to stand there, owning a firework stand, and tell me you don't have no whistling bungholes, no spleen splitters, whisker biscuits, honky lighters, husker doos, husker don'ts, cherry bombs, nipsy dazers, with or without the scooter stick, or one single whistling kitty chaser? Joe Dirt. My favorite thing about the 4th of July is listening to fireworks on the radio. Brian Lund. There are three things that I associate with summer. Eating a bomb pop while it drips down your arm, the smell of cold water on hot asphalt, and the arrival of the fireworks stand. I don't know how it works in other parts of the country, but in Southern California, there are only five days leading up to the 4th of July in which it's legal to sell fireworks. And the evil fireworks marketing geniuses make sure that stands are set up in supermarkets, church parking lots, and everywhere else at least one week before to whet the appetite of local pyromaniacs. I am one of those pyromaniacs. As a kid, watching those stands go up was like visual crack. I loved the colors, the graphics, and the awkwardly translated names of the fireworks they sold. Names like Apollo Witch's Cauldron, Jet Dragon Snake Jumbo, and English-type Snowdrop. To say these sulfur and gunpowder packages didn't quite live up to the excitement their names promised is an understatement. I'm now convinced that every July, thousands of factory workers in mainland China laugh their heads off at how gullible we are to buy this crap. But back then, no matter how many years previous the performance of an Ace Lightning spray fountain left me unsatisfied, I was always convinced that the next double mega nuclear sunrise I lit up would deliver on its boastful sobriquet. Eventually, some friends in the know wised me up, and I learned that the arrival of fireworks season wasn't about buying the family-friendly, safe-and-sane items mandated by California law. It was about connecting with David Sherman. Think of David Sherman as the sixth-grade version of a rogue arms dealer. The go-to guy. The connection. The pyrotechnic candy man. He knew he was the only game in town, and in a pre-Road Warrior world, coined the phrase, you want anything that flies or explodes? You talk to me. There were rumors about his contraband and where he got it, with some saying an uncle who lived in Mexico was the source. Others said that his stepdad was a cop who passed on the illegal stuff he confiscated to curry David's favor. One kid even swore he saw a triad member leave Sherman's house late one night, but it turned out it was only the takeout boy from Lee's Szechuan Palace. I couldn't have been more than 10 years old when our mutual friend Eric Phillips arranged for me to gain access to Sherman's inner stronghold, his bedroom. 
But it wasn't like other kids' bedrooms. Sure, he had the NFL bed sheets and the Kiss posters on the wall, but there was also an old cigar box full of cash in his sock drawer and a wrist rocket within reach if anybody started trouble. Hey, Phillips, who's this guy? He asked. It's my buddy Brian, Brian Lund. He's cool, man, replied my suddenly nervous friend. Lund, huh? Sounds like a pussy name to me. What do you want, Lund? Some firecrackers, I murmured. Firecrackers, huh? You got the dough, he said. Yes, I replied. Let me see it. Having saved money from my paper route, I was flush with cash. In fact, I had a whole $20 bill in my pocket, which I took out and showed Sherman. Whoa, hey, all right, he said, suddenly warming to me. I think we can do some business. And with that, he pulled out a large box from under his bed, filled to the top with the most lovely and beautiful illegal fireworks I'd ever seen. Bricks of black cat firecrackers, pack after pack of moon traveler bottle rockets, handfuls of small pink cylinders with tight green fuses known as M80s. I bought everything I could, and thus began my dicey history with illegal fireworks. Later that day, I tried launching a bottle rocket for the first time. I had no idea how this was done, nor could I wait until dark to try it. So I just stuck the stick attached to the rocket into the ground, lit the fuse, and ran. To my disappointment, it didn't take off like the promised moon traveler, instead exploding after a moment like a firecracker. I assumed it was faulty and tried another one, but got the same results. After a couple more ended the same way, I decided to change my tact. If all they did was blow up, I reasoned, then I'd use them that way. Breaking off their sticks, I placed 10 of them into a tin can, tied their fuses into one, lit it, and stepped back, ready for a huge explosion. Instead, five seconds later, I was pelted by a stream of fiery projectiles, two of which hit dangerously close to my left eye. It was then that I figured out the concept of a bottle rocket, meaning one designed to be set loose in a bottle or something simpler to allow for the launch. Now, I'm sure a lot of you are way ahead of me on this, but as I'd been putting the sticks into the hard ground and watching from across the street, in broad daylight, I didn't notice the flames jetting out of their ends, only the explosions when they were finished. So when I placed them all in the can, I had in fact turned it into a mini mortar launcher, this one conveniently aimed at my face. But wait, there's more 4th of July stupidity to come. The following year, I thought it would be cool to throw fireworks in the air and watch them explode. However, I didn't realize that there is in fact only one way to do that correctly, using the quick wrist flick technique. Every male listener is nodding right now saying to themselves, exactly. But instead, I went for the full Louis Tiant wind up and throw. My hand with a lit firecracker in it passed next to my ear just in time for it to explode, leaving me both with a ringing sensation and numbness in three of my fingertips that lasted for hours. In subsequent years, I had more mishaps, most born out of boredom. That's the time when you can really get hurt, after all the good stuff has already been lit. Because as every red-blooded American boy knows, when all you have left is the boring stuff, goddammit, it's your job to make them less boring. Case in point, one year I gathered all the duds, opened them up, poured their contents into a huge pile, and leaned over it with a match in my mouth. Pro tip, the real world is different from the movies. You can not move faster than gunpowder can ignite. 
The hot flash that burst in my face left me seeing colored spots for a few minutes, but I thought I had avoided any further damage. That was until I walked into my house later that day and my mom yelled, What happened to your eyelashes? But that wasn't the end of my firework innovation. It's a known fact that ground bloom flowers suck. All they do is spin on the ground and change colors. However, I thought that if I crushed some in a vise, I might entice them to blow up instead, like what happens to a piccolo peat. Unfortunately, all that did was cause them to wobble and spin out of control, one of which landed directly under the gas tank of our neighbor's car, where it sat and shot a white-hot stream of fire straight upwards for an extremely long and nervous 10 seconds. Everybody knows sparklers and snakes are the worst types of kitty fireworks, but not so if you crush them up and mix them together. Then they produce a wondrous glowing flame that not only catches your pant leg on fire, but burns down half of your mother's prized rosebush. Despite numerous other experiments gone wrong, I made it through my youth with nary a scar or burn mark, and with all my fingers intact. Nowadays, I become Fire Marshal Brian when the fourth rolls around, following the guidelines suggested by the National Council on Firework Safety, which include setting a perimeter, having a bucket of water standing by, and only handling burned-out cones with metal tongs. Except for last year, when I had an epic fail. Lazy, tired, and half-buzzed, I decided to forego the bucket of water. After all, I've picked up burnout fireworks by hand for years, and I've never felt one that was hot enough to recombust. After the end of the grand finale, I gathered up all the spent soldiers, threw them in a plastic bin, and stuck them under a plastic ladder in front of my garage, directly under some patriotic bunting hanging from the eaves of my roof. This kind listener is what's known as foreshadowing. And then I wrapped things up, hopped in the shower, and hit the sack early. Two hours later, I was abruptly awakened by my wife shouting, The brunt of the louse is in flowers! What? I said groggy and not quite processing what was happening. The front of the spouse is inspired, she said. Huh? I replied, processing the urgency, but not the message. The front of the house is on fire, she screamed. Oh, I see. Bolting to the front of the house, I found a pool of flaming molten plastic where the bin and ladder had once been. And above them, a bunting engulfed in fire. A few shots from a fire extinguisher I keep in the garage and it was over, except for the shouting. Look, I get it. I've lost a step. I'm no longer the pro-pyromaniac I once was. I just don't have that spark anymore. Get it? Spark? (laughs) Yeah. However, don't think that when I see a cluster of bees shoot overhead or hear that sound of cherry bombs going off, that I won't be tempted to rush over and tell the purveyor, look, this is how it should be done. Um, I would like to repeat that want to be canceled from the Lund Loop, whatever you've got me on. Um, If you wish to call and explain what it is, uh, actually... Uh, Forget that.
Well, that's it for this episode. If you got any questions, hit me up at Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at thelunloop.com. I'll see you next time. Bye.